Hi friends, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, we're going to talk all about studying strategies for the BCBA exam. Guys, I am finally doing it. I am diving headfirst into studying for the boards. This will be my life for the next five months. So if you follow me on social media, that's exactly what you're going to see. You're going to see me reading my Cooper book. You're going to see me studying my flashcards. As we get closer, I'm going to do more. And I've had so many people reach out saying that they are also studying for the boards. And so I got a lot of advice on Instagram. And this podcast is just going to lay out all of those suggestions, what my plan is, all of that. So if you are a BCBA, you're thinking about becoming a BCBA, you just want to know more about what it means to become a BCBA, keep listening. Can we all just agree that studying for your BCBA boards can feel like it is so overwhelming and it's like a really daunting mountain to climb? There are so many different ways of studying. It can be confusing to know where to start. So like I said, I did ask on Instagram and I got a lot of recommendations. And in this podcast, I'm going to break it down into three different sections. The first thing is what I'm doing to study for my boards right now. And I'm calling that laying the foundation. The second part will be when I'm actually preparing for the test. And that's what I think I'm going to do when I get closer to testing, more like April and May. And then the third part will be all of the resources that were suggested to me. So the first section is laying the foundation. I'm not taking the boards until this summer, and it is the first week of February right now, so I feel like it's a little bit too soon to do serious studying because I don't want to spend nearly six months preparing and have my brain start to turn to mush. So instead, I'm going to lay my foundation. I want to make sure that I'm fluent in understanding the vocabulary terms and basic concepts of ABA. That way, when I go to start taking mock exams, I already have that prior knowledge and I can really focus on the areas that I'm struggling with when the time comes. So I'm laying my foundation in two different ways. I am doing SAF meds and I am reading the Cooper book. If you don't know what either one of those mean, don't worry. I'm of course going to break it down. SAF meds stand for Say All Fast minute every day. I know that is a mouthful, but what it means is in order to truly know the vocabulary, concepts, and principles of ABA, you need to know it fluently. Knowing everything fluently will help you when you go to take the boards and in your everyday practice. You need to be spending at least a minute every day working on them. So don't sit down for six hours on a Sunday and attempt to master all of your cards. Break it down a little bit each day and slowly build your repertoire. My staff meds are based on the things that I need to know on the fourth task list because the exam I will take will be aligned to the fourth task list. And so I have my cards in three different categories. I have the set that I'm currently working on and there are always 10 cards in my set. I have a partially mastered bin and these are the ones that I have a relative grasp on but I need to spend a little bit more time working with. And then last, I have my mastered bin and these are the ones that I know off the top of my head. I had not planned on having a partially mastered bin But I had a problem when I pulled my first 10 cards. I knew eight of them really well, and the other two I was still really struggling with. I didn't want to just push forward to the next set because I didn't know those two words, but I didn't want to keep reviewing all 10 words when I already had eight of them mastered. So my coworker, Leah, who was also working towards supervision, recommended doing a partially mastered bin, and that was a brilliant solution to my problem. So here's how I'm going to use all three. My current set is in a small bag in my purse, and I review these everywhere. I review them when I'm waiting in the lobby for a client to come to therapy. I review them when I'm standing in line at the grocery store, when I'm waiting for a timer to go off while I'm cooking dinner, when I'm filling up my gas tank, everywhere. Once I have the word down, it goes into the mastered bin. 
My partially mastered bin is reviewed every night. So I read every single night before bed, and Leah knows this. So she said, why don't you make yourself look at your partially mastered bin before you're allowed to read your book? And that was a great suggestion. So what I'm going to do is once I start to review those 10 words, if I have ones that I'm still getting a little bit stuck on, I'm going to move them to the partially mastered bin. And so that way every night I'm spending a little bit more time on those words. I have a notebook in there so I can write the word and the definition. Sometimes that process can help get things into my memory. And then once I can get it down, it will move into the mastered bin as well. My husband, Corey, is a great cheerleader, and he's happy to help me any way he can, so he's in charge of my mastered bin. Every Sunday, he's going to test me on the words. This is to make sure that once I master them, they stay mastered. And this is really similar to our kids when we're working on IEP goals or in therapy. Once we master a skill, we don't just assume that it stays mastered. We have to keep working on it. So every Sunday, he's going to make sure that I'm staying fluent in those skills. And if we come across a word that I don't know on Sunday, we'll just move it back to the partially mastered bin and I'll spend some time every night working with it until I master it again. My other strategy is to read the Cooper book and that's exactly what it sounds like. So when I say Cooper book, I'm referring to the Applied Behavior Analysis textbook and Cooper is one of the three authors of it. If you are in the world of ABA, you know what this textbook is. If you don't know what this textbook is, you need to know what this textbook is. It is the Bible of our entire field. You have to know it to pass the test. So I'm starting at chapter one, and I'm going to read the entire 667-page textbook. I am going to take handwritten notes. I'm going to write down every definition I can. I'm going to draw diagrams. I'm going to draw examples. This all is going to help me commit it to memory. I am currently aiming to read the Cooper book for about four hours a week. And at that rate, I'll be done reading it probably at the end of April. I might have to ramp it up a little bit as we get closer because I want to get the book done before I start studying, but it really just depends on the timeline. Part two is studying for the exam. I currently plan to start part two in the last month of my supervision, but again, it just really depends on the timeline. So if I get through all of my Seth meds and I read the entire Cooper text by the end of March, I might start this phase then. If I don't get it done until the beginning of May, I'll start this phase at that point. Time will tell. And so one of the first things I'll do is take a mock exam. So I'm leaning towards the mock exam from the Florida Institute of Technology, although the one from the past, the big ABA exam has been recommended as well. But I feel like a mock exam will be the best indicator of what I need to do next. If I'm able to get a high enough score on the mock exam that it indicates that I will pass the BCBA exam, I'll be able to discontinue to refresh until it's time to take the test. And while I'm trying to have a really positive mindset, I'm also being realistic. And I assume the results of the mock exam are not going to show that I am proficient in the skills. It's going to show where I need to put some more work in. And with those results, I'll be able to decide how I'm going to approach that work. If I find that I'm struggling in certain areas, I might do concentrated studying. There are chapter outlines I can use to work on whatever chapter of the book I'm struggling in. There are also other tools you can use for specific task list requirements. For example, I was highly recommended a a company called Study Notes ABA. They have a product in their store called a recorded clinical application of task list G, I, J, and K. If where I'm struggling aligns to anything on one of these four sections, then it might be a tool I could use to strengthen my knowledge in that area. If where I'm struggling is more across the board, then I might look into something like a collective or a one-month cram session. 
If I don't do well overall, it will also be important for me to figure out, was it lack of knowledge or testing anxiety? And then I'll figure out where I can do work in that area. That's why I feel like taking a mock exam, tentatively somewhere in April, is going to help me figure out where to go with my studying. Before I continue on with this podcast, I just wanted to explain one thing. I feel like I'm in somewhat of a unique situation. I have a lot of access to BCBAs. My scenario is not necessarily the same as a therapist who's working at home or a public school teacher who is working on getting their hours in the classroom. I work with BCBAs all day long. In fact, the board only requires 5% of your hours to be supervised, but I'm getting closer to 25% because I spend at least eight hours a week working directly side by side with a BCBA. That is unbelievable supervision. And so one thing that I have access to is being able to talk to a BCBA when I'm struggling. If I take that mock exam and I'm really struggling with one area, I can walk into my BCBA tomorrow and tell her I'm struggling. Can you please help me? And a lot of people don't have access to that. So because of that, I opted to go for a more old school approach of just doing flashcards and reading the Cooper book. Again, if you're in a situation where you're accruing hours as an in-home therapist and you're only having contact with your BCBA two or three times a month, you might want to invest money in a collective or a module to start. And I might find out in a couple of months that I also need to invest money in that layer of support. But to begin, I'm going to just try and do old-fashioned studying, working with my BCBA, and see how far I can get. The rest of this podcast is going to be the resources that were recommended to me, and I'm going to give you percentages as well, and I thought that calculating it might help you guys know. So, of course, there were things that were recommended infrequently that are amazing resources, but if your money is tight and you don't know where to start, I thought it might be helpful to know if I had 50 people answer me and 30 out of 50 people recommended something that helped them pass, that might be a good place to look to put your money. So I'm going to talk about all of the resources and what they have to offer so you can make some educated decisions. So the first one is the Pass the Big ABA exam, and 29% of people recommended this. The Pass the Big ABA exam has a study manual that you can purchase while you read the Cooper book and while you learn the task list, and this might be a really great option if you're someone that benefits from writing things out. They also have video modules that you can watch online, as well as study workshops and mock exams. BDS stands for Behavior Development Solutions, and the BDS modules were recommended by 6% of people. I know that's not a lot, but the people who recommended it told me that it had been around for a while, and when they were studying, it was one of the only options. So although this company might not be as popular with my particular Instagram following, they're definitely worth checking out, and they have some modules that you can use to study for the exam. Study Notes ABA was by far the most popular one, and it makes sense because they are very active on social media. 53% of people recommended them to me. They have an extensive collection on their website, including collectives, video and audio trainings, mock exams, workbooks, and more. They also have a podcast that breaks things down in a relatable format, as well as an app. Speaking of apps, ABA Wizard app was recommended by 20% of people. They have an app with review quizzes on everything on the 4th edition task list. You can take mini quizzes right on your phone, get instant feedback, and track your progress. And they recently started carrying mock exams as well. 
Speaking of mock exams, the Florida Institute of Technology mock exam was, again, only recommended by 8% of people, but I do know that this is a mock exam that is very, very close to the actual board exam. And in fact, some people say it's more difficult. And honestly, I'd rather do something that was more difficult because it'd be great if my actual board that's going to certify me feels easier than what I was doing to study. And this will be a great tool for me to determine exactly where I need to beef up studying. My coworker Leah is a student at Florida Institute of Technology and she has advocated for how much she's learning in her courses and all the resources they have. So I feel like this is a good affordable option for me to use as I get closer to my actual test. And then the last one I wanted to recommend was Rouge ABA. I hope it could be Rogue. I actually just listened to them on Instagram and heard them say their own name and now I can't remember if it was Rouge or Rogue, but I have it linked in the show notes. 11% of people recommended this website. They also have mock exams, workbooks, and a five-week study course that was highly recommended to me. In that five-week study course, you go through everything in the task list. So it's intensive. It's meant to get you ready for the exam. But also be sure to follow them on Instagram because they do free trivia quizzes and their stories on the weekends and they offer free Zoom classes as well. So even if you don't plan to use them for studying, why not take some quizzes on the weekends and see if you can grow some knowledge that way as well. Two more things I wanted to suggest. A ton of Facebook groups were suggested. The two most common ones were ABA Mindset and ABA Study Group. I am in ABA Study Group and I really enjoy it. There are a lot of resources in the files. A lot of people are interactive. They post little questions and polls and you can learn a lot just by being in that group. And the other thing I wanted to say, my mom got me something super cool. I did send the link to her, uh, but she got me a fourth edition BCBA exam study kit on Etsy. So it came with a study guide and study flashcards. And so I'm using the study flashcards as my staff meds. And then it's a 130 page study guide manual that she had printed and bound for me. Now, of course, I have not actually passed the board, so I can't tell you for sure that this product is going to help you, but I've really enjoyed using it, and it is very affordable. This was $25, whereas some of the things I was finding on other websites were upwards of $350, and so I felt for $25, get this, pair it with everything else I have, and see how far I can get. I hope this podcast had a ton of suggestions that you could pick from as you start studying for the boards. Again, if you are actively studying, I highly recommend checking me out on Instagram because I'm going to be sharing every single step of the way. I am posting what SAF meds I am working on. I am posting what chapters of the Cooper book I am reading. That'll be in my stories. That'll be in my highlight reel. That'll be in my feed. And by the way, if you enjoy my podcast, I would greatly appreciate if you could leave me a rating. And review would be even better, but even if you could just go down and give me some stars, the more stars, the more you like me, that will help my podcast so much. So thank you all for supporting my podcast. Thank you all for supporting my journey as I work to become a BCBA, and I hope everyone is having a wonderful day. I'll catch you in the next one. Bye.